The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin this morning with earnings for an entertainment giant. We're watching shares of Disney this morning. They're higher by about 1% in early trading. Cost cuts and the Hollywood strikes are boosting Disney's bottom line. And the company expects content spending to be about $3 billion less than usual. Disney's also boosting the price of its premium subscription for streaming by 27%. Gita Ranganathan covers Disney for Bloomberg Intelligence. They have pricing power and they're going to exercise it. And this is what it's really coming down to now in the streaming wars. The subscriber hyperfocus is over and done with. Now it's all about ARPU growing revenue per user, and that's exactly what Disney is doing. This should pad not only the top line, but also the bottom line. Gita Ranganathan with Bloomberg Intelligence notes it's the second price increase for Disney Plus in less than a year. And while we see Disney shares on the rise, today's big market-moving event will likely be the latest reading on inflation. We get the Consumer Price Index for July at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. And economists anticipate a tame reading, an increase of just two-tenths of a percent. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has details. This may be the least important, most important economic indicator in a long time. It's important because, of course, the level of interest rates going forward will depend on whether inflation is coming down. Fed officials have suggested one more rate increase going forward, but they also say they are data dependent. The data suggests a decent progress report. Slowing housing inflation will be the main driver of that. Used car, travel, and apparel price gains have also slowed, while energy prices are up. Will it matter? Not a lot. Fed officials have two more inflation reports to see before their next meeting. These data will be interesting, but not definitive. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Mike, thanks. Turning away from markets, now we have breaking news out of South America. A state of emergency has been declared in Ecuador after the assassination of a presidential candidate. The country's current president is calling the killing of Fernando Villavicencio an assault on democracy. Bloomberg's Stefan Kufner has more from Ecuador's capital, Quito. He was someone who was known uh, nationally kind of as uh, Navalny of Ecuador, who uncovered a lot of corruption in previous administrations and he was threatened by alleged drug traffickers during the campaign trail. Bloomberg's Stefan Kufner says Via Vicencio was running second in the polls and could have qualified for a runoff election. Ecuador is now under a 60-day state of emergency, and the country's presidential vote is still set for 10 days from now. Another major story we're following this morning brings us to Hawaii. Devastating wildfires on the west side of Maui, claiming at least three dozen lives so far. We get that story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Lahaina Town was Hawaii's first capital. It turned into a place natives and tourists love to visit. Helicopter pilot Richard Olston says... It is gone. It looked like an area that had been bombed in a war. Owners of businesses on Front Street shutting down their websites. 
out of business. Power will be a problem for days. Resorts are telling people the reservations up to two weeks out to cancel. Lieutenant Governor Sylvia Luke says the process is going to take a long time. It's going to take uh, weeks and maybe months to assess the food damage. She says aloha is being shown, though, in relief efforts of the island's Ohana family. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks for that, Ed. Tensions between Washington and Beijing are also in focus this morning. The White House has officially announced limits on U.S. investments in China. Dan Flatley has more from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Biden signed an executive order which gives a year for industry to weigh in on how these restrictions will actually work. But the intent is to restrict the knowledge that comes with venture capital and private equity investment into sensitive areas of the Chinese economy, including advanced semiconductors, microelectronics, quantum computing, which think code breaking and potentially artificial intelligence. Bloomberg's Dan Flatley reports the order won't go into effect until next year and it won't be retroactive. Presidential politics also in focus this morning. Donald Trump says he's still unsure if he'll participate in the first GOP debate. The former president also tells Newsmax he will not sign a required pledge to support the Republican nominee. Why would I sign a pledge of people on there that I wouldn't have? I wouldn't have certain people as, you know, somebody that I'd endorse. So they want you to sign a pledge. But I can name three or four people that I wouldn't support for president. The former president currently enjoys a wide lead over the rest of the field. The first GOP debate is set for August 23rd in Milwaukee. Turning from politics to space, we're learning Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic is poised to launch its first private space tourists today. The journey allows Virgin Galactic to begin clearing a backlog of ticket holders waiting for rides to space. Virgin Galactic's main competition comes from Blue Origin, the commercial space company founded by Jeff Bezos. New numbers this morning paint a bleak picture of diversity in corporate America. The number of black people appointed as company directors has fallen dramatically. 15% of board members appointed this year at S&P 500 companies were black. That's down from 26% the year before, according to executive recruiter Spencer Stewart. The number of black directors rose in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, but now it's fallen back to roughly where it was five years ago. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Amy. An armed Utah man accused of making violent threats against President Joe Biden was shot and killed by FBI agents hours before the president landed in that state. Let's get more in this report from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Special agents were trying to serve a warrant on the home of Craig Robertson in Provo, south of Salt Lake City, when the shooting happened. Robertson posted online Monday that he had heard President Biden was coming to Utah and he was planning to dig out a camouflage suit and begin cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle. Robertson referred to himself as a MAGA Trumper. He had also posted threats against top law enforcement officials overseeing court cases against Trump. The president flew to Utah yesterday ahead of a visit to a veterans affairs hospital in Salt Lake City. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. At a time of rising tensions, China has lifted a ban on group tours to a slew of countries, including the U.S. Group tours will start immediately. The easing applies to all travel agencies and online platforms across that country. The relaxation may set the stage for an acceleration of the global tourism industry's rebound from COVID. The top state prosecutor in Orlando, Florida, who was elected to her position, remains defiant after being suspended by Governor Ron DeSantis. This is an outrage. 
DeSantis removed Monique Worrell for what he calls neglect of duty. She faced criticism this week after two police officers were shot, allegedly by a man with a long criminal history who'd been released on bond. Worrell is the second Democratic state attorney removed by DeSantis. And the U.S. National Security Council says Guatemala's lawlessness is fueling waves of desperate immigrants. But many of the guns in Guatemala are being legally imported from the U.S. American gun makers have been the leading supplier of firearms to Guatemala for years, but following a regulatory change in 2020, shipments have more than doubled. And he helped shape the sound of the 1970s with a group simply known as The Band. Robbie Robertson, the songwriter and lead guitarist of the band, has died. He was 80 years old. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, John. Now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. For that, we bring in John Stashauer. Amy, the Phillies made a trade just before the deadline to acquire 31-year-old pitcher Michael Lorenzen from Detroit. He had been the Tigers' all-star representative last night in Philly. Crowd of 30,000. He made just his second start with his new team, his first at home. A 3-2 pitch. Swing and a high yes. fly ball. Center field coming in is Rojas. He's calling. He has got it. Yeah. Lorenzen leaps into the arms of Real Muto, and the Phillies pile out of the dugout. In front of the mound, they celebrate a no-hitter tonight by Michael Lorenzen in his second start as a Philly. WIP had the call. It was 7-0 over Washington, the fourth no-hitter thrown in baseball this season, the 14th in Phillies history, the first since Cole Hamels in 2015. Lorenzen walked four, struck out five, 124 pitches, which is the most thrown in a major league game this season. The Red Sox at Fenway topped the Royals 4-3. The Orioles at Camden Yards lost to the Astros 8-2. A rare win for the A's, 2-0 over Texas. And Shohei Otani pitched the Angels to a 4-1 win over the Giants. In Memphis today, they'll tee off for the... St. Jude Classic, which starts the FedEx Cup playoffs. Rory McIlroy won those playoffs last year, and he's in third place going in this year. And McIlroy has finished in the top ten in each of his last seven tournaments. John Rahm currently atop the standings. The winner gets 2,000 FedEx Cup points. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business app, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The South American nation of Ecuador is under a state of emergency this morning. An upcoming presidential election has been thrown into some doubt now with one of the leading candidates in the race, Fernando Villavicencio, assassinated following a campaign rally last night. It is an act the outgoing president of Ecuador, Guillermo Lasso, is calling an assault on his country's democracy. Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries is following the latest developments out of Ecuador and joins me now. Uh, good to speak with you. 
you, Bill. Thanks for being with us. Can you just give us an update on what happened, why Fernando Villavicencio may have been a target of assassins here? Well, Via Vicencio has a long history uh, as a, a journalist going after corruption in Ecuador, particularly during the 2007 to 17 era of President Rafael Correa. He was often on the run, hiding uh, at that time. Uh, more recently, he was a, a member of the Congress and uh, and was now running for president. Had been very outspoken in his criticism of uh, some of the big contracts awarded to natural resource companies, but also in particular like all the candidates in this race in Ecuador, uh, had been very focused on worsening crime in the country and had been going after or saying he would be going after uh, some of the drug cartels that have increasingly used Ecuador's ports to to export cocaine to the rest of the world. Uh, He said he had received threats during the campaign. He he did have a security detail, uh, but he had also uh, refused to back down, saying that he would never try to reach a deal, uh, reach a deal with uh, with the cartels. Um, we don't know who assassinated him. Uh, the details we have from the government are that uh, he was shot and then a gun battle erupted between his security detail and, uh, and the assassins. Uh, six people have been arrested. One suspect died from uh, apparently from the wounds sustained, uh, but we don't know yet uh, any of the names of these people. We don't know who was behind it. It sounds as though stability in Ecuador has been in question for some time here. Uh, uh, emerging market investors might have a better idea of just what the situation is like in Ecuador right now. But can you describe for a broader audience uh, what things are like in Ecuador right now, what the level of stability is in the country? Well, uh, you got to remember Ecuador is sandwiched between uh, Peru and Colombia, and those are two countries that have historically had uh, a lot of issues with uh, with violent crime, drug-related crime. They're the two biggest producers of cocaine uh, in the world. Uh, Ecuador had a history of being a more peaceful place. Um, although it has had its own share of political turmoil that hadn't spilled off over into violence quite as much. But the last several years, violent crime has become increasingly endemic uh, as uh, some of the cartels based in the neighboring countries have moved to uh, ship their products through Ecuador. Uh, And it's become just a a, a bigger issue for the society. In this presidential race of the eight candidates who were going into the August 20th uh, election, uh, all of them were basically focused on the issue of how to deal with violence. And and the real question now will be, uh, you know, where do voters turn uh, with Via Vicencio uh, no longer uh, a, a part of this race? Uh, do they look to a more hardline candidate? Uh, how does the government uh, in place try to address this? The, the president has said he's going to deploy the military across the country to try to ensure more safety, uh, but it's not clear whether that kind of measure will really have a long-term impact. Yeah, to say that uh, something like this has an impact on a presidential race is an extreme understatement here. In our last minute, Bill, how could a state of emergency, a 60-day state of emergency, affect a presidential election that, as far as we know, is still scheduled for 10 days from now? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a very much going to be seen as a temporary measure. I think um, 
I th- Ecuador is really at quite a turning point here in terms of whether the, the cartels uh, and organized crime gain the upper hand over the ability of the, of the government to provide any security for its people. Uh, so I think the government's focus now is getting to that August 20th date without any more major episodes of violence. This is not the first political attack. Even in recent weeks in Ecuador, a mayor of the southern port city of Manta was recently killed. So the challenge is on for the government to try to just get to that August 20th date, hand over to a new president in December, and see if, uh, if that new leader can, can improve the country's security situation. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.